0: Well, Paul, good to be talking to you. Uh, Good talking to you, too. Uh, And welcome, everybody. It's Science Friday on the Common Good Podcast. Uh, Doug's going to figure out his microphone. You know, we're still new to this. Two years in, and we're still figuring things out. Uh, But we're excited to have Paul Wallace on the show, our resident astrophysicist, pastor, and birder. Yeah, we've we've got a big show. Show ready right. for you. Doug? How, you how with that, us?
1: Yeah, how did that work? Am I am I back? I don't know I don't know what's happening. I I don't know why uh <laughs> this, any <laughs> of this is going on.
2: We spent ten minutes talking with no problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: I was gonna say, boy, we got the countdown timer working and all of it was there. Oh, yeah, and, no. All right. Uh well thanks for uh thanks for covering that. I had to I had to beam out and beam back in. And and I'll tell you, Paul, that's a Star Trek reference that there's just an awful lot of times with all these zoom. Calls that some of us who grew up watching that little science fiction television show,
2: yep, the original,
1: feel like there's this you know beaming up and beaming down sort of sort of business. Hey, we talked about the weather yet? Because it's uh, we got a winter in Minneapolis today. (laughs) It's glorious. I mean, uh, for all the for all the prayerful complaining I've been doing for you know all of the spring, the last few days, the next few days, it's going to be glorious. How's it looking there, uh, just outside of? decatur
2: yeah well outside the window here in decatur uh that is basically atlanta it's really dark really cloudy and we're going to get hammered with some good lightning bolts here pretty soon so if i go dark i'm probably
1: all right just uh and dan how about there in south bend how are things looking
0: similar it's dark and drizzly and cold
1: all right. Well, Minneapolis for the wind today. That doesn't happen very often, that the weather wind <laughs> goes to the kids from the... From so what do you have, like days.
2: 60s and 70s, clear? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yes. And uh, it's happening, you know, on, on Mother's Day weekend and just so all, it just can make things better.
2: Because around you here, out.
1: you know, any chance you have to, to have the weather not hurt you is just a real sense that maybe maybe life <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to go your way. Hey, Paul, speaking of uh, things might go dark there, you're looking a little more lit today, and that's not a uh, that's not a casual reference of a hip kid. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you look more lit.
2: lit. I do look more lit. Do you know why? Uh, tell us, this please. Guy, this guy, I, 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 somebody sent me a light, a, a light. ring light. Yeah, I had to hook up, up to my uh, monitor here. So I've got, you know, I have a light in my face now, whereas before all I had was like, Fluorescent lights behind me.
1: Yeah. Well, show us. Show show us the difference because I think in our conversation about science and lights and and light waves.
2: So this is is, uh, with with lamp and this is without.
1: Mm. Used to be. World of a difference. Before. Let there be light.
2: And after.
1: And now there's light. Love it. Okay. So. I, I don't know who said it to me, but, but I just really No, nice. I did. I did. Don't, don't, don't I miss out on the opportunity <laughs> to take a little credit. I mean, why do a good thing if you don't get credit? That's what my mom always said. What's the point? What's the, point? <laughs> what's uh, the- <laughs> uh, And my dad said you know, I was a basketball I player. Jesus, but- I
2: think Jesus said that too, didn't he? He said when you pray, go out on the street corner so everybody can see you.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. And to
2: I, your good deeds. Yeah, and- when you give money, make sure you make a big show of it
1: like that yeah you know you don't want to make a big show of it you just want to raise your hand and take credit you know just where make just, sure they just, know just just, just <laughs> let the truth set you free it's that is that argument. uh mm-hmm. hey but the reason you know is because the human eye uh can only take in so much light right so when things are more right. lit and our cameras are kind of like a human eye and they can only take in so much um yep. they need more saturation of light and this is a thing We've been talking about these light waves on here. This this light wave theory, you know, that light move that light moves as a wave. It's scary, and, yeah, and all the so I don't know if you know what I'm about to get into here, but the different light tones is something that is like all three of our images here not only have different levels of brightness because of what we have going on in our rooms and all that, but they have a different tone to them, right? Or you can get mm-hmm. colored lights that are changing. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I thought a lot about, you know, light stuff, which we've talked here and in other places, because it's interesting. I don't really understand the hue business. Do, do you understand that? Or is that just like, I don't know, it's kind of cameras and. Well, you know, you I go mean, to buy light bulbs like you go to buy light bulbs and it's like, do you want the summer light bulb? Do you want the bright white? Do you want the reveal? Do you want the more, you know, amber colored ones? What, what, how, how does that happen? Is that just something with the optics of our eyes or are they, are the light waves different? Do do you know? The light waves are
2: different. Basically all, all of, you know, imagine there's pure white light, which has equal representations of all colors, right? Um, The only thing that makes any of those different that they might have, uh, you know, are different deviations from white. So, you know, my, you know, like like the light I've got here has got a little more tilted towards the red, so it's got a little bit more longer wavelengths in it than white light does. There's just a little bit stronger in the long wavelength part of of the light, a bluer light. See, I can make my light now. I can I, I can make it look blue. I like go the other way, like this. Mm-hmm. Now it's blue. That's got more short wavelengths in it. So the light itself is 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 quantitatively different.
1: Uh, I just, uh, I don't understand it. Okay. <clears throat> so pure white light is all of the light wavelengths. And then when you change it to more of a hue, or if I change my, you know, my little background to kind of red here, cause I've got, you know, yeah. fancy little lights. It's taking away some of the light waves? Is that is that what's happening? I don't
2: know. It could be. You, you would get the same effect if you – you would get the same color effect if you removed blue light from it or if you added I red see. light to it. That is if you removed short wavelengths from it and added long wavelengths.
1: And color is just the, the, the wavelengths. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Short wavelengths are purple and long
2: wavelengths are red and all the other ones stretch out between those two okay so it's true by, by short so short is about 400 nanometers which is about four tenths of a millionth yeah four tenths of a millionth of a meter so yeah. it's it's very short you know well i, I and then long wavelengths are roughly twice that long
1: i mean i I, no, shouldn't, no. I shouldn't slip into the philosophy when setting up rooms and lights and trying to get our video stuff right but it just it <laughs> It just feels like you're dabbling. I mean, like okay, I'm just. I know I can make changes that have a certain look to them, and I know what that is. You start thinking a little bit about it, yeah. And it's like, huh, is is this (laughs) is this just a human? Is this just a human invention? I mean, before human beings had a a light bulb, yeah. I guess fire um, was giving off a different light wave.
2: Right, and then sunsets. You know,
1: you get that nice red, okay. orange vibe. So, so how does how does that happen? What is that? Um, the li-
2: atmosphere when 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 sunlight passes when when white when any light passes through the atmosphere. Let's say white light. Mm-hmm. The sun, the light from the sun is approximately white when it hits the atmosphere. But when light travels through the atmosphere, blue light gets removed from it. Hmm. So the more atmosphere the light goes through, the redder the light gets because the more blue has been removed from it.
1: I see. Okay, okay, okay. And when
2: you see the sun at sunset, you're looking through a very thick layer of atmosphere at the sun. Two, three, four, five, six times thicker than the sun's over your head.
1: And some of the atmosphere is blocking some of those light waves because the nature of their light.
2: Yeah, it removes the short wavelength stuff, the blue light from it.
1: Why does it do that? Why 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 do the short wavelengths not make it through the the atmosphere?
2: Because the molecules in the atmosphere vibrate; they have all kinds of frequencies at which they vibrate, and those tend to cluster around the blue end of the spectrum. So red light passes right through them, but blue light they they resonate with the blue light and rescatter it back out.
1: So the, the light wave, molecule. the light wave hits these molecules that are moving, vibrating at their same wavelength, and they get all caught up there, and they just start, exactly, and, start and, 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 they them,
2: and they reemit them in different directions, which is known as scattering, which is why the sky looks blue. That's all the blue light that gets removed from the sun. All the the sky that you see that's blue is all light from the sun, but it's light that's been removed from the beam, sort of the of, of the direct beam of the sun and scattered out in different directions. Well, son that's of a gun. There we go. Yeah.
1: Boy, there, <laughs> there I mean, go. if you've laid on the ground and looked up and thought, why is the sky blue? And I've always just, dan- here's what I thought it was. That around the ocean, no, that's why the ocean water looks blue, that the, the it's reflecting <laughs> it's reflecting the sky. Right. And that the sky was just the atmosphere. But I didn't really know what that meant. Like, that, oh, it's the atmosphere that's making the sky look blue? You're saying it's taking its... It, the blue waves get scattered by the molecules in the atmosphere.
2: And get scattered randomly about in the atmosphere. Yeah. But the red light just keeps, keeps on moving. That's why when you look more directly at the sun, it looks redder.
1: Because all that blue light's been removed from that. So when Jesus comes under the blood red sky, how is that? <laughs> how is that going to happen? What are those light waves? Oh, yeah, that, that, that's beyond what what, yeah. what scientists can. Yeah, you got to put uh, on your the, on your your pastor
2: theologian <laughs> hat for that. For, I, for that one. I think what happens all, all all the all the physics rules get suspended.
0: Right. <laughs> so paul i pulled up this kelvin color
2: temperature there you scale go. Oh, cool yeah nice
0: now we got like 10k is blue sky and down to 1k which is like below yeah, yeah. the yeah, color of a candle what's the k is that the wavelength no,
2: they're that's describing the t- or imagine that you've got like you know your little electric eye of your stove your little uh what do you call it like a heating element mm-hmm. you know like when you heat those up, they're, they're, they're red, right? Mm-hmm. That, that means they're down there around the 1,000 to 2,000 K. That's Kelvin, right? So that's, so you can see how it's kind of red down there, reddish-orange, around 1 and 2K. That's, that's how hot your, the eye of your heating element is. Okay. And if you can make it hotter and hotter and hotter, it would start to look yellow and then blue. So if you could make that, uh, that heating element 10,000 Kelvins, it would look the same color <laughs> as the sky.
1: Gotcha
2: wow. but it would be super bright I blind you at the same time but that's what color it would be.
1: Okay, so this Kelvin
2: oh, hot, thing, this hot c- things are blue and cool things are, are red.
1: Okay, so there we go. there's a there's a mental shift from what a lot of people say because yeah. you, you think red, hot and cool blue. Exactly. And exactly. you're saying in a I'm blind saying that mind objects, opening,
2: objects like for example stars, cool stars are red. Uh, Deep in the deeper red they are, the cooler they are, and very hot stars are blue. They're literally blue. Wow.
0: Yeah, because I've always thought as white as the hottest, like white hot.
2: Right. But no, it actually – But you get get hotter, you get blue. When things get hot enough, they get blue, and eventually they would even look a little purple. It's true, no, and, and it is opposite. You know, like the it's little. True. Uh, it's, it's true, he has to
1: say because the dead <laughs> silence convinces people.
2: And, you know, like the if little, you uh, say
0: so, Paul. Little,
2: yeah, I'm just making this up. Know <laughs> you know, like the little uh, knobs on your, uh, on your on your on your steam. Right, the the blue is the, the blue means cold, and the red means hot.
1: But that's, yes, that's the rule of hot and cold things. <laughs> no,
2: that's exactly right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, what, that's all this
2: is telling you. That's all that scales tell. Okay, huh. so
1: so let's talk about Kelvin for a minute. That's a person, right? And
2: Kelvin, Lord Kelvin. Yep.
1: Lord yep. Kelvin and Kelvin was was Fahrenheit also a person or was that a, yeah. another phrase? Yeah. Yeah. These truly Kelvin, are the last Kelvin name.
2: Was, Kelvin was a better person.
1: So these are the na- names of two people who uh, I don't know in the in the when what period are we talking here? Seventeen hundreds.
2: Kelvin was late. was, was mid. 19th century mid late 19th century so 18' not Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit I try to not think about um, really not because I'm just joking not because of him personally but because the scale was so wretched that I,
1: so, it's, yeah it's like thinking of inch you don't want to talk about inch you want to talk about mr yeah Senator. it's like,
2: it's, like, it's, like the, it's like the English system of units that we use I, I don't like to think about it I like to think about the metric
1: system so yeah. many things in, so many things in science are linked to the person who brought them to the forefront maybe they discovered That's them right. or became the most uh, uh, populist person around them yeah. and the idea that fahrenheit you know uh temperature measurement is named after a person who discovered the, yep. who, who coined that and then, system and this scale yeah And then Kelvin is also a person, just sort of reminds us that science is people business, right? I mean, that people are in it and they're discovering it and they're competing with each other. And I read some science history books about this kind of stuff. And it's all the human drama you can imagine. I mean, a lot of people don't know that that, that, that scientists are also interesting human beings and not just lab coat wearing robots with flesh on them. Uh, That there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on. So what was Kelvin... Did he discover this business, or did he? What, did everyone sort of know that this is how heat and light waves and so on worked? Or no, he, he, he didn't it?
2: discover that business. He was just, he was just looking to set a temperature scale that uh, made made sense and was based in something other than that was based in something real that was founded on a, a real absolute limit and not just what is interesting to people like for example, the Celsius scale, right? It's based on the freezing point and boiling point of water. And that makes total sense, right? I mean, be, Cause water is so important to us. Um, but Kelvin set his zero at an absolute, at, at a, at a fundamental, absolute physical limit uh, of okay. absolute zero. Um, still, still put a hundred units between freezing and boiling of water. Okay. So, a change of one kelvin is the same as one degree Celsius. Change of one degree Celsius. But, okay. Uh, but point is, is that his is uh, the kelvin scale is based on something absolute, an absolute limit, which is absolute zero. A temperature, by the way, that we can get arbitrarily close to is kind of like the speed of light. You can get arbitrarily close to it, but you can never reach it.
1: Oh, huh. it's a Jesus Jones song that sounds like that. You can look, but don't touch. You can drink, <laughs> but don't swallow. So, the, Kelvin was working on temperature for, yes. for some variety of important reasons. I'm yeah, sure. he was interested in it. This is now translated to most people's lived experience into light wave and tone colors. So, the, I have a light in front of me right now that has mm-hmm. a percentage thing on it of how bright it is and then it says 2600K which is 2600 Kelvin oh, or if you go yeah. to your you know go to your store where you buy light bulbs it's going to list the yeah. the, the right. color you have to because, like, translate brightness and color so it moved right. from, it moved from temperature to light wave hue back to this question that they've yeah, been right, struggling right. with and, this and, whole time. and
2: it's just because and it's simply based on the fact that an object, if, if you have any object at say nine thousand kelvins, it's going to look that color. Doesn't matter what the object is, whether it's the star, whether it's the heating element of your stove, what, what, whatever it is, huh. molten molten lava doesn't matter. If you have any object at nine thousand kelvins, it's going, to be that temper- it's going to be that color. It's going to be that like, color. It's so going to be that. So it's just a simple way of of of, um, of, of categorizing hue. That's all
1: it is. So as that,
2: it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that your light bulb was actually nine
1: thousand kelvins because it's not. It's not. It's not running hotter per se. You're-
2: no, no, mm-hmm. it's not really that temperature. It just, it just looks the same color as an object at that temperature.
0: Wow. Okay. So Jim Eaton in the chat says, like the blue flame on your gas stove, is that accurate or is that? That's it's just not- the color. It appears to be yeah, that color, but that, it's not actually that hot, right?
2: Right. I'm, I don't think that that is a particular uh, chemical reaction that's happening there, oh. and I don't think that's the same thing as simply heating an object up to that temperature.
1: Huh. Jeez, I saw his comment and thought, well, now that makes sense uh, when I saw it in the chat. <laughs> and then you're like, no, that doesn't make sense. I was with you there, Jim, for a minute. Um, uh, all right. See, I just find light waves so fascinating that they're moving at the same speed, but they have different lengths. I'm just such a physical, just such a mental, I I don't know, like, it's just hard to wrap my brain around and believe that, that light, well, first of all, that light is both particle and wave at the same time. So, I mean, you know, now we're deep into the Einsteinian question. Um, Is that true? Am I right about that? Yes, you're right about that. Okay, um, and then you know that, that, that now you get different wavelengths, but the speed yeah. doesn't. The speed's not changing at all. I mean, you
2: right. It's having it's like having two different trains going by you, one with short box cars and one with long box cars. They're both going the same speed, but the one with the short box cars, you're getting more box cars per second going by.
0: Yeah, maybe that's helpful to think of it as. Waves per second.
2: Yeah, frequency. Oh, frequency. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it, the thing that makes light, the, the, your, what your eye interprets is, is really not wavelength, but frequency. That, that's really... And, and, and for light waves traveling around in space in your room there and around the Earth's atmosphere, there's a one-to-one correspondence between the wavelength and frequency. But what your eye really responds to is frequency. And so you can see how the train was short boxcars, you'll
1: get more boxcars per second, even if they're both traveling the same speed. So I'm going to speed up the light waves behind me in my little setup, and we're going to get a bunch you're not of... And not speed them up. up, you're just making them shorter.
2: You're going to, you're going to increase
1: speed, the frequency. I'm going to speed this increase? Would that, would that be different than speed up the frequency? Or is that fair enough? Yeah,
2: speed up to me it sort of connotes like... Yeah, like me too. ...speed mm-hmm. through space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're not, they're not going any faster, they're just... More wavelengths per
1: second. Well, after More 20 minutes, minutes of uh, talking about this, your light looks great. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So, congratulations on the on the great looking light wave. All right. Uh, hey, a couple other things in the news, Paul. Um, the yep. the people on the International Space Station, cosmonauts, Russian cosmonauts, as well as people from the United States, and yeah, they're get, somewhere not they? Yeah, right. That's right. Uh, see, uh, and they were shot up there by SpaceX. So uh, Elon Musk brings the world together in a way that you know the rest. Can't. You think Elon Musk Musk has anything to do with the operation of SpaceX at this point? Like, is he I, is he noodling around in that thing too, or is he just? I find you know, it hard to believe.
2: I mean, I imagine. I mean, he's. I mean, how much can one guy do? I mean, yeah. You know. I mean, seriously. I don't know.
0: I, I bet he gets in there and helps design like the uniforms and stuff because you know, <laughs> yeah. they're very bad. They look. <laughs> yeah. look are like they bad? A hand in it.
1: Are they ugly uniforms? SpaceX uniforms? I
0: think so. Oh. Uh,
1: well, that's, good, that's a good question. I, I don't. I don't know uh, what what the uniforms look like. But this is kind of cool, right? That um, I mean, both the international flavor of this that people from three different nations are on the space station, they're living together. I did yeah. hear on a report yesterday about the fact that new people are going up uh to the space station for 4 months and some people have been there maybe for 6 months or coming home yeah or right, coming right. coming back to earth that the cosmonauts and the US astronauts live on different sides of the space station they have different I quarters didn't know that. yeah like there's a beauty of they've all come together. We've now worked together, you know, two nations and a private industry to put all this together. It's an interesting model of exploring space. I do know what you think about the particular characters and players and all this. But then when they get up there to the International Space Station, they go you know, to their
2: separate rooms. Yeah, they go, they
1: go, to, their, <laughs> they go to their own sides. Like, oh, you know, like a, oh, dude, oh, show oh, me oh, up oh, right. here.
2: Maybe that makes life better. You know, like like uh, before we moved into the house that we're living in now, my wife and I, we fantasized about having our bedroom on one side of the house and all three kids' bedrooms on the extreme other end of the house. Yes. And and it turns out that's exactly what the house that we ended up getting was that the actually came our way was exactly like that. And it, it, it makes life possible. It makes life, you know, it makes living together possible. <laughs> so maybe it's not like that. It's like, you know, they love each other, but you know what? You're a little distance. need some
1: space.
2: Yeah. space but you healthy. don't
1: need space from everybody. It's not like you need a little alone time. You just need space from the astronauts, or you just need a little separation from the cosmonauts. I was, I was struck by that. Like, sure, we're going to share the International Space Station. But, you know... And then you just wonder: Are they absolutely equal in their accoutrements? You know, or is oh, right, right, one of them? Right. Uh, and what do they, they do up there? Do you know anything about? I mean, I get it that they're doing <laughs> that they're doing science things, what but are they even doing?
2: I, that's a good question. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I, I think a, a lot of it has to do with they themselves and how their bodies respond to zero gravity over long periods of time. That's that's a point of great interest to a lot of people, um, and also about how plants do things like plants and so forth, and and uh, do in low and zero gravity. I mean, sure. can plants even grow in zero gravity? Who knows? Well we well, know I, now, probably.
0: Yeah, I think I saw this mission that just came back. They were one of the things they were doing was growing chilies in space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, huh? See how the so, chilies so, did. So basically,
2: it, it's just a laboratory or long-term experiments in in, in low gravity, basically think of it that way, zero gravity really effectively.
0: Yeah, yeah no, well, no, I pulled no. up a, a picture of of the astronauts' new suits, the SpaceX suits. Uh, those are them, right there. That's that's them, right there. Huh. They're just sort of like if you remember the classic NASA suits.
2: Those those kick butt. Yeah, yeah. those are all
0: very fun. cool, but these that, just uh, look like like cheap Halloween costumes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, right,
2: right. What was, that? What, what was that that came out a few years ago? It was like the, the, the raw footage from the, uh, from the Apollo 11. Remember that? Yeah, that shows was like a movie. Four years ago. Yeah, they made a movie it. It was about so them. beautifully done, and those, the spacesuits were so killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were so awesome. Yeah.
1: So I get it that they're doing experiments, but you can only work so many hours a day do you know anything about like how these people spend their time up there? It can't you know, I mean you, you can't really go outside. You only go outside for work. I mean it's it right. has to feel a bit imprisoned there. Well, I right? think that's another
2: part of I think it's another part of the experiment is to see how people psychologically deal with this sort of situation. I mean, this is all unknown really, you know. I think there was this, a fellow who had been there for a whole year, and he'd been in space longer. This was n- none of these folks here, but right. I remember read, reading a while back about some guy who had been there for maybe a bit over a year.
0: Mark Kelly or his yeah. twin brother? Because one of the twins stayed on Earth and one spent a year okay. in
2: space. Yeah. And so, you know, that's part of the experiment, too, is, this, is, is the psychological, you know, how people can handle this. Right. Hmm. You know, do, and, and can they handle it without cracking, even healthy people? you know, really healthy minded people. Can they do it without just killing each other? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think
0: I've read that they have to exercise like multiple hours a day on a treadmill. So they're simulating some sort of gravity on their bones. Yeah, their muscles muscles. don't
2: don't atrophy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do they wear those helmets all the time? Like are those oxygen helmets or they just have those on just to look? They don't look like it.
2: I think, this
0: picture is them either just arriving or just getting ready to depart. So yeah, that's their did, like, okay.
1: yeah. But they just what they do they wear up there when they're just sitting around? Like more, they throw their sweat, they, they throw their sweats on in the afternoon and just yeah, kind of t-shirts and sweatpants, probably. Yeah. Truly, just wearing t-shirts and sweatpants. Yeah,
2: yeah. probably whatever's comfortable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you need to reduce the number of annoyances you have when you're up there. I think putting on comfortable clothes is probably a good idea.
1: And I guess they've come back now, right? Wasn't the splashdown supposed to happen? Yeah, they, you know, we're talking well, eight forty-two central time here. Yeah, so middle of the night they came splashing yeah. back in. Yeah, Yep,
0: yeah,
2: Apparently they made it.
0: Yeah, yeah this is yeah. apparently an image from that. It's got the four parachutes
2: and the wow, Man, it's infrared the, image of the capsule. Oh, in infrared. That's why it's so. That's why it looks so weird. Of course, because it was nighttime. I needed to take an infrared.
1: Image. Still, absolutely so cool right that you know we're (laughs) we're shooting people up in in machines to you know orbiting space stations they're living up there and then they're getting in another capsule that comes back down here and lands and then they reuse it and pack Mm -hmm. it all up and send it back up there again yeah that thing's
2: been up there for 20 years now
1: yeah well, that's the other thing: is that twenty years ago they were pulling this stuff off. You just you just take yeah. technology back twenty years and think about all the things we didn't we didn't have. You know, in, in two thousand two, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. unbelievable.
0: It's interesting too, though, like, yeah, we've progressed a long way, but we're also just sending people up in these little capsules on top of rockets, like we did in the sixties. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's sort of interesting. We haven't progressed past. That very dangerous yeah. sitting on top of uh, an explosive <sighs> <Yeah>. device.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things that is just like you know, there's just no design, improving on that design is just virtually impossible. It's like the basic design of a car hasn't changed in a hundred years, yeah. you know, it's mm. just, or more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is you know really not, nothing else to do.
1: I, I saw um, a little internet funny meme thing the other day that said that if if you look into the George Jetson biography from the cartoon character, the age that he is in the cartoon and the year that the cartoon is supposedly set, he was born in 2022. He was born this year. Really? Yeah. Oh. So we are now in the, now. I think he's 42 years old. Cause I think it's 2064 or whatever. When the Jetsons so, so are we're looking at
2: l- looking at my kids. Yeah. Like, you know, of being
1: in Jesse's world. In they'll be world. older than George,
2: they'll be older than George, but they'll be there. Yeah.
1: When when they're your age, that's yeah, that's exactly. that's where things are supposed to be. And you know, turns out that's probably not going to be that way, but you know, we're going to have really <laughs> great, you know, video doorbells and uh, some of the some of some of the rest of it. Uh, sort of
0: like back to the future when they go to the future and it's like totally we're not even close. We don't have hoverboards. We've got nothing.
1: <laughs> we've yeah, nothing. All right. Hey, a couple other uh, interesting news uh, flashes that, that that came across. And you know, every week when we start gathering up the, the conversation points here, it just feels like sometimes it gets wilder and 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 wilder about what what pops up in the news. And we've talked about this a lot the the role of science in our society, how Im- mm-hmm. how important it is, and how much people on all sides of opinions and political perspectives and worldviews use and don't use science, right? So this week, a lot of news about the Supreme Court changing the Roe versus Wade standard for uh, rights for women in, in the United States to terminate a pregnancy. And one of the arguments from people who want to see that right diminished or changed or taken is they're arguing science. They're saying we know more about the development of fetuses and all this stuff. It's a science argument. And why do all yeah. you science people not want to? And of course, pandemics and masks are about science and all the social science about school. And like, it's mixed in our society all the time. and has all this great implication. And then there's like the hard sciences, the... Sometimes some of us refer to it as the real sciences, you know, stuff like you do or uh, experiments. Yeah. And then there's theoretical science. Um, yeah. And all of this is is mixed is mixed together in this big pot of gumbo that we call science <laughs> in America, right? <laughs> you know, just like grab all of it and throw it in there, and throw in a little social science, throw in a little biology, throw in a little uh, chemistry, yeah. throw some you know speculative uh, uh, speculative science in there um and so you end up with these headlines that are that work right i click on things like you know that uh, scientists <laughs> say there's an antiverse running backward in time because like, i don't know yeah
2: i gotta check that out right <laughs>
1: I'm like well there we go that finally explains it because the universe made all the sense to me so now i'm just going to assume that there's an anti-universe that's and right. <laughs> that's where all the black matter goes, or whatever it is. Yeah, this yeah, could exactly. literally
0: also be the plot of a Marvel movie, like <laughs>
2: right. Yeah,
0: the anti-universe running backward in time. It sounds like <laughs> Doctor Strange stuff.
1: Oh. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, people in the in the astrophysics world, your your world of training and and teaching. They're always exploring ideas, right? They're right. That's right. That's what they're supposed to do, and they do exactly. Uh, and and it and it really helps. And most all of the things that become real in our world that involve physics have some sort of you know. Speculative nature to them. At some point, someone said, right. "I don't think that's how that actually is going to is going to work." So, yeah. so there's there's important pieces to all this, but it does strike a human being's mind a little funny, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, it does. <laughs> and it's also it's also like uh, it says, you know, there's all kinds of things to talk about here with this headline. But the first thing that I thought of was, uh, you know, it's it's really difficult to justify you know, when you're trying to explain to somebody how science works and how you really should believe scientists when they say things like wear masks and get vaccinated. And then you, you scientists say get vaccinated. And then you see scientists say there's an anti-universe running (laughs) backward in time. (laughs) And it makes you think, are these the same scientists? And, um, you know, it, it does sort of throw a wrench into, you know, the, those who are saying, please listen to what scientists are saying. To those who don't know that these are completely separate scientists living in completely separate worlds, doing completely separate work, you yeah. know, yeah, was,
1: is that true? They're just totally of a different space or a different engagement.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, in a sense, from 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 public from public health science, yes. Oh, I see. It's I, totally see, the, I mean, see. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're you know what they're doing is they're taking. Theories of the universe that we that we think might be we have pretty good reason for thinking that they're right. And they're sort of just taking these basic theories and trying to build on them and and uh, track down consequences of them. And a lot of it's theoretical. They're sitting at computers are sitting doing math on a whiteboard. I mean, it's a totally different, you know, world that they're living yeah. in. Yeah, and it's stuff a good thing they're doing, but but I think what I'm trying to say is that people don't realize how big and variegated science is. Yes. You know,
0: yeah, it seems like you've got the people in the lab, and then stuff like from this headline seems more like a couple of people late at night around a campfire. Like, whoa, what if there's a backwards universe? You know? Yeah
1: in the do you know in the astrophysics world are these people being referred to as anti-universalists? Like they're uh, like anti-vaxers, or yeah. there other are people yeah, that are yeah. like, yeah, right. I, I'm right, not right, sitting thanks. at the table with the anti-universe people. It's just um um there there is a universe, and I'm not I'm not going to be with the anti with the anti-universe. I don't even know what this means. Do you do either of you, do um, you, know, you re- recognize these words in any?
2: My, my guess is something like this, and and there is there's a history of fruitfulness to this kind of thinking. Okay. Basically, what, what I'm imagining is doing is they're looking at some equations that, uh, some general relativity equations, maybe some string theory stuff, and I don't know. I'm just guessing. And they're looking at maybe one of these proposed models for string theory, okay. say, and 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 they're saying, well, if this is true, then maybe you know. It, there's several different groups of solutions to the same equation like mathematically and maybe one of these solutions suggests an okay. anti-universe one. Right? You know what I'm saying um, I mean this is you know just the thing that people do they, they just look at these equations, look at these solutions uh, to you know cosmological models and they track down consequences. say well if this is true then maybe this is true too maybe this, this is a consequence of it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all they are doing.
0: Yeah, talk to us about the process of this. Like it starts with you know building upon existing theories and trying to make sense yeah. of those. And then you sort of have to play out these new theories and write them down and do the math and publish a yeah. a paper and have reviews on it and other scientists say, well, this is where you're wrong. Right. Talk about the whole yeah. process of coming up with these ideas and
2: well, like I said, this is probably based on, you know, for example, what we're trying to do is to uh, figure out this thing called string theory, which I have mixed feelings about. But it's basically a theory that would bring uh, gravity and quantum mechanics together because those two theories don't fit. And they're trying to make them fit together because they're, obviously they're both true in some to some degree and we want to make them work together. And There are probably several different models of this idea. So what happens is people take one of these models, and when I say model, what I mean is basically a mathematical model. Hmm. Okay, it's it's actually an equation on a sheet Hmm. of paper. Interesting. And and they take this and they and they and they try to solve, say, a particular equation. Turns out, this particular equation that describes the evolution of the universe. Um, I know it sounds strange, but yes an equation could describe the evolution of the universe. Maybe that maybe this maybe this equation has more than one solution. Maybe one of them makes sense in a sort of a you know time increasing moving forward uh, model. But maybe there's another solution to it that's perfectly believable that's perfectly legitimate in a mathematical sense but suggests, That the universe, that there's a, that that (laughs) you can have, another solution to the same equation is one with, when time runs in the negative direction. Yeah. And so they think, well, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's another whole universe because we have a mathematical solution here that says it should be so. And it's easy to say, well, that's nonsense just because the math says it doesn't mean it's so. But over and over again within physics, oftentimes when the math says there should be a solution, we've looked and there's been a solution. it has been there. Uh, hmm. You know, it, it doesn't always go like from observation to math. Sometimes the math, the theory leads the way. You know, just pounding out math on a whiteboard, you get a solution, and then you look at nature and there it is.
1: Hmm.
2: So, you know, I don't know the d- details in this particular case, yeah. but I think, I think that, that's what this, and, and then what you do is, you know, yeah, it's peer review is what you were talking about. You take this and you hmm. send it out to other scientists. They decide whether it's crap or not, whether it should be published or not, you know,
0: and if it makes it through, it gets published. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, crazy headlines and a lot of math, um, this one says the universe (laughs) may collapse in a big crunch sooner than we thought. Yeah. Which I read this and immediately, you know, got anxious, started preparing for the end of the world. Um, but
2: yeah, I mean, I'm going on a vacation in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to get that vacation.
0: <laughs> Good news is, uh, even these physicists say it won't happen for at least 65 million years. So no, but that go. is
2: that is really tight. That's I mean, a blink I, of an
0: eye in the yeah. In the I mean, grand when, when I first things. saw this,
2: when I first saw this headline, I thought, oh, I mean, because right now we're looking at 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 like you know universe coming to any sort of an end in trillions upon trillions upon trillions, upon trillions of years from now. I mean, mm-hmm. just. Like so far beyond the conceivable horizon, so I thought when I saw this, I thought, oh, maybe you know thirty, forty fifty, hundred billion years, that would be pretty soon compared to it, right, yeah, and then I looked at it, and it said sixty five million, which is you know like when the dinosaurs died, which was a blink of an eye, you know, yeah, cosmic
1: time, yeah, so we're almost like, done here is what what you're saying, I mean this is yeah, yeah, this movie it, this
2: movie's just about over when we just don't know it yet, <laughs> yeah.
1: And, We're the you know, ending credits. You know, it has this, fu- it has this function. I, I read this article and, and thought about this in similar frames, like, wow. I mean, okay, so maybe this whole, our whole universe has a different sort of time horizon on it. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe just an astrophysicist from Princeton doesn't really have the details right here, the one who, you know, uh, leads this <laughs> idea. But it functions in our world along with the other cataclysm end-of-the-world narratives. Like in religious teachings, a lot of religions also have some sort of a future event um, that's going to bring about a, some kind of a change in the world, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, whatever. Right. Yeah, there's, but there's something on the horizon. And to the human experience, when someone suggests, and it could be sooner than you think, that does something in human beings, you know, uh, um, that is, that is really powerful. And I can see not, I can see not only why someone would write an article about it and have have it as a headline. I can also see why people would be pursuing it, right? There's just something in us that wants to put things into a time continuum and to Keep double checking if it's if it's soon enough. It's probably built into us, you know, in, in the worlds that we live in, where we're not running from animals or feeling, you know, like we're living in, right. you know, uh, a, a time period where or a place in the world where animals are going to be the, the the harm to us. But when a little kid is going to cross the road, and you get to the road, and someone says you have to hold my hand and look this way and look that way and look this way again and look that way again, and then we'll decide if we're going to go, like that toddler crossing the road narrative boy that just lingers I mean just hangs all the way into someone's like let's just double check those numbers on the collapsing of the universe and see if that dark you know like how far down the road is that car have to be before it's safe for us for us to cross the road there's just something very human about it you take all the cosmos and all the cosmology and all the stuff yeah, And it's kind of, I can totally get why we would do this. And
2: Do you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of like Kurzweil and these uh, futurists who talk about mm-hmm. um, like the, the coming singularity. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, it has to do with computers becoming
1: self-aware. Yeah, I have, and, a, I have a copy yeah. of the singularity is near Tome like yeah, somewhere. Right. Right it's yeah, right. the same kind of
2: thing. It's like, you know, is this going to happen next week? I mean – you know, when are the machines going to take over yeah. and what's that going to look like? You know, self-aware, man, I mean, the right word, but at least more intelligent than us mm-hmm. is, is at least um, in some way. And so, you know, I, I read I read that stuff and I get the same sort of chill. It's like whether it's true or not, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no I have no clue whether this stuff is really going to happen or not. But, it, you know, when these smart people get up and start talking about it, it's like, oh,
1: yeah. And, okay. it's, and, yeah and, and, and I think that's right. You know, and they're smart people and they're paying a lot of it. To, and they're, they're smart in the sense that like, they know this world really well. Right. They're also right. just human beings for whom this question is part of consciousness, right? Like right. when is all right. this going to come to an end? Whether that's for you personally or some mm. moment you're in or season of life. Like we have a running timer in the human experience that wants right. to kind of make make a calendar, a calendar out of thing. Like I think that the anthropologists and cultural sociologists people f- believe that one of the places where we mark the dawning of consciousness is when mm-hmm. people, humans, humanoids started keeping track of time and logging it, I think that's right, right uh, I mean, if I remember back marks, to my, marks the size yeah and and creating calendars and kind of measuring measuring time like that's one of the things that that comes along uh. with the with the, with the human experience because sometimes you know, a lot of the science stuff can feel well I don't know if you feel this way because you're maybe in the world and you know it well, but to a casual observer, a lot of times it can feel very like hey your little human life here doesn't really have a lot of consequence like the the, the things we know the math the science the the data yeah. it's going to do its thing and really your feeling about it your whatever not not really something that, that anyone's taking into account here you know
2: yeah yeah but yeah so thing
1: yeah Okay, so yeah, let's, let's just say a word or two about what they're getting at here, though, because it's also somewhat interesting that there's an expansion of the universe, right? That's a right. thing we've talked a lot about.
2: And right now, and remember in this conversation, it's actually speeding
1: up. Yes. The expansion right now is, 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 uh-huh. is getting,
2: getting faster and faster.
1: And then at some point, the belief is that w- it will stop speeding up and their theory, if I understand it right, is is what once it stops speeding up, the slowdown could be incredibly fast, right? So yeah, if all the right. Big Bang caused this huge expansion that's been going on for how, how old do we think the the universe is? What's the
2: 13.8 billion the universe years? Not yeah, yeah, thirteen point okay. eight billion, yeah years,
1: not days. And, and and, <laughs> and, and, and the earth is, uh, what's the, what's the current guess for 4.5, four, 4 billion. So 4.5. Yeah. So boom, expand, you know, like f- billion, f- billions of years, this thing's been expanding. Once that changes, they're like, Oh, it's not going to take billions of years right. because all that dark all that energy we don't know how to describe so it's called dark is that a fair dark energy.
2: yeah that's right dark is that energy, fair? Yeah.
1: yeah we don't we don't have a name for it so it seems you know hidden in the dark right. which is also a curious term that scientists continue to use like it's, it's such a strange little metaphor right um, it is that that's going to just once that starts that move back, back in this yeah. collapse, so <laughs> goes from a bang to a crunch, is going to yeah. be way faster. It's almost like climbing a hill on a bicycle or on roller skates, and then you get to the top of that hill and you go down the other side an equal wow. um, an equal distance. Yeah. Way faster. Way faster. Yeah. Because <laughs> gravity's yeah, pulling so you down rather than sending you away. That that's how I was imagining it. And that's I don't know, that seems to make some sense to a guy like me who doesn't know much about any of this.
2: Well the the this dark energy thing, the it actually showed up and he didn't he wasn't aware of it, but he had a term in his equations, Einstein did, that actually describes it perfectly. And it's supposed to be and, and Einstein's equations is basically constant, this dark energy. Okay. It doesn't change in time. And, the, and it's a dark energy that's that's making the expansion speed up, Okay, that's causing it to go faster and faster and faster, this mysterious dark energy, whatever it happens to be. But what this paper is proposing is that that dark energy, oh, yeah, it's real, but it's also changing and, and decreasing. And once it got, drops below a certain critical value, uh, it's going to not only will, will the expansion not speed up, but it'll actually reverse because of the way it's decaying so quickly. The dark energy is decaying so quickly that it, once it's gone, it's going to be like that.
0: Poof! <laughs> like pulling a rubber band and then letting it go.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So, not not to send Dan into you know nighttime shivers, but why <laughs> are they confident that it's going to the expansion will continue? if not for a trillion years, as people have maybe previously thought, but why do they even think they know enough about where it is on the timeline to think, well, it's got, got at least 65
2: million I years. I don't know. I don't know what 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 model they have of this that they're using. What hmm. I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm familiar with the term itself, dark matter, and I'm familiar with where it shows up in the equations and so forth, but I'm not familiar with what
1: hmm.
2: why that... What evidence they have, or wh- what, why they think it's actually decreasing?
0: And are you familiar or, with this term, uh, quintessence? It says uh, when the researcher just attempted to model this Einstein's, you know, cosmological constant of dark energy, um, they concluded that dark energy is an entity called quintessence. It's just a little decay over time. Did they just make this up for this, or is this something that's no? Been it's
2: something I've heard every now and again. But that's an ancient, okay. ancient, ancient, ancient term. Uh, it's an old term. Fifth essence. You know, they had, they had, they had. Uh, basically, they had, um, you know, water, fire, air, and earth. Right. Oh, the four elements, okay. and this was the fifth, one, the quint, the fifth uh-huh. essence. And uh, back in you know medieval times and before, it was thought that this that this is the element that ruled the cosmos above the moon. So basically, the cosmos was composed of quintessence. Once you got above this, what we we'll call the sphere of the moon, and um, hmm. but that 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 term has been passed down and and used a lot. Gotcha. But at, at this point, I think that it's simply, as far as I can tell, and I may be wrong, is that it, it's a word for dark energy that changes in time that that is huh.
0: not constant
2: yeah that changes yeah. yeah but it's not like it's not like an element that we've discovered that we know is real and we've done experiments and observations on
0: yeah okay. it's just a mathematical it's, piece it's of an equation it, that makes point, it yeah. makes sense
2: it's a way of a it's sort of a mathematical way of accounting for the facts Uh, Without any explanation beyond that, at
1: this point, (laughs) but I really like the notion. I mean, thanks for that explanation. That it's the fifth essence. Uh, Yeah, it feels better than fifth element. That feels better than dark matter, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah, but, I, like, I mean, I like
2: the term better too.
1: I mean, for all the functions that like white is pure and dark is unknown. Like it just plays in our psychology in ways that I think has great social consequence that we're not always, you know, as, as attuned to and, and right. probably should be about good and bad and light and dark and all this, all this kind of stuff. Right. But I, yeah, I think about the band called the fifth dimension. It's a great band. Uh, you know, maybe we should start a little band. Uh, you know, the fifth eth- the, the fifth essence or the fifth element. Um, but that's like that's kind of cool. that feels so much like that. There's a is it the same thing as dark matter? That when people say quintessence, no, it's, not, it's,
2: not, it's not identical to it. Um,
1: as far as I can tell, okay, it's not identical to it. No, dark matter is still a, a, a grab bag of dark, things that dark are energy.
2: Dark, dark energy is still the term that that is used to describe a very particular
1: thing. Um, Quintessence. I uh, mean, that's, that's pretty yeah. cool that there's a fifth <laughs> element of things. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. That, that we don't, we, can't access directly. We can travel, <laughs> we travel with earth, wind and fire and the fifth dimension <laughs> and our little man, the fifth <laughs> essence. Uh, yeah. that's
0: Well, I want to make sure we get to this, uh, this last story. Um, this oh, team yeah. is finding that younger exoplanets are better candidates when looking for other Earths. So we're searching for you know, other habitable planets. That's and right. Tell us about this, Paul.
2: Well, uh, what we're looking for is life, life in the universe outside of the Earth, and we're looking at other planets. We think planets are a good place to look, and there's a lot of them to look at. So what we want, basically... You know what are, what are the requirements for life? Well, one of them is that you know liquid water should exist. Another thing is that you is that as far as we know, we should have a carbon cycle. We the, that is, a planet should have carbon in the atmosphere um, to keep it warm. To keep because the, you know car, having we have some carbon in our atmosphere. This is a whole separate subject, of course. Uh, and having some of it there is necessary.
1: Mm.
2: We absolutely must. If we didn't have CO two in our atmosphere. Our climate would be basically that of Mars, and we couldn't, couldn't live. So uh, it's good to have CO2 in the atmosphere, but where does CO2 come from? Well, it, it doesn't come
1: from – Republicans. You know, it, it, I've heard it comes from Republicans. <laughs> and if there were less of them is – that, is, that, is that not true?
2: Is that not – Yes, yes. Okay, that's where, that's where, right. where does it come I'm not, from? I'm not – not going to contradict the host here. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, <laughs> so uh, it comes from uh, volcanoes, basically. It comes from um, the planet outgassing. You know, is actually the term for it, uh, which comes from plate tectonics. Right? It, we think that having plate tectonics, that is continental drift. You know, the thing that is rearranged our continents over the yeah over time is necessary for life. Uh, because it's a, this process that drives that's the same process that drives mm. the production of CO2 in the atmosphere. That. Mm. But that, where does that come from? What drives what drives continental drift? What drives plate tectonics? Well, it turns out radioactivity in the Earth's core is what drives it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge source of heat in the Earth. Uh, Decaying uranium, decaying thorium, potassium, elements like that down at Earth's core produce an enormous amount of heat. And that's what drives plate tectonics. That's what allows volcanism to happen. That's what allows CO2 to be in the atmosphere. And that's what allows us to have a livable atmosphere. So one thing that we think must happen is that you must have radioactivity in the core of the planet to have life.
1: How can they determine that when they're looking at an exoplanet or another planet? How can they tell if does it have a radioactive core? So you've got some plates shifting. Do they look to see if well, there's CO two, or do they have another way to know to identify? Uh, no, we can't. We,
2: we can't see it whether it has CO two or not. We, we can't get any details thus far on the atmospheres of these planets. Um, but what we can know is that younger planets are more likely to have nice radioactive cores, because it, decay, it decays over time.
1: And Earth would be considered a younger planet—a little four billion year old little toddler yeah. of a planet. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which which means that we can we should only look at certain kinds of stars because certain kinds of stars are necessarily younger than others, mm. and are and, and their planets yeah. would be as old as they are, which makes them younger. So.
1: So that's it helps us limit our. Yeah, I know this isn't exactly on the exoplanet thing, but this description of where heat comes from, where CO two comes from, we are. I'm certain, and people that I listen to seem very certain that human activity on the Earth also produces CO two and enough CO two to tip the balance, a very sensitive balance, to make life more difficult for human beings to exist on the planet as it currently exists. So right. climate change, right. global warming. Um, granting that that's let's just say, okay, that's true. now let's play with that mm-hmm. a little bit. Are there any people who are saying, look, CO2 levels are going up, but it's the volcanoes. like there's another thing explaining this <laughs> if it's you know if there's like radioactive and that's you know that got us to the perfect oh. stasis of life is there any suggestion that look it's this thing that's happening is happening because you know there's seepage yeah, or yeah. off-gassing well, at a different level than than there has been in the past or maybe I we need to plug some of the volcanoes
0: plug I them up you know, shut you, them me down
2: me <laughs> i guarantee you some people have proposed that but most of this volcanism i'm talking about okay. has happened in the past it's not that's not what's happening now cuz volcanism in the past was thousands thousand times more prevalent than it is now. And so, there's
1: no thought that there's no uh, current thought that something's been queuing back up and there's been, you know, it's been back on the, because if there was no a time evidence. when there was a lot of volcanism and now, so, so there's no evidence of that.
2: No, no. And we have, we have, we have seismographs all over the world. You know, every time there's even a, Volcano hiccups, we know it. So, um, so it didn't no. come. It isn't coming from there. No, it's coming from us, no doubt, no doubt.
1: We we are the new volcanoes. The- we are the new <laughs> volcanoes, and, and and we're
2: adding. Yeah, we're we're adding to it. Now we're not doubling it or tripling it. It's not like
1: that. But we're
2: adding enough to it where yeah. it makes a difference. It doesn't require a big change in the amount of CO two to produce a large change in huh. the temperature
1: do you think we are the volcanoes could become the album name of the fifth essence (laughs) uh, first first release uh, that we are, we are the volcanoes. Um, Because I, I I remember four or five years ago um, hearing a climatologist say, look, it's absolutely the case that the earth's own changes over time have created different epochs, you know, ice ages. And We have a pretty good way to measure that. So a reasonable argument could be, this climatologist said, that, hey, maybe we're in one of those periods of heating up like we've had before, that's been very hot and then been very cold. And this person said, but the thing is, we know that we're in a period where we should be cooling. That in the cycles, we're not in a place where the volcanic activity is causing this. We're in a cooling stage. Right. And so the fact that we're seeing an increase in CO two in the period of time when geologically we should be seeing a decrease in it and less heating up, that shows that you know not only is human activity adding something, but it's overcoming this this period of of cooling. Right. Which yeah. I, I thought well, was, I thought more people should talk about that because it's easy for people who don't buy human in human impact and climate yeah. change to say. But we had an ice, I mean, this is really, I mean, I had trouble tw- 25 years ago, kind of getting my head around this, like the nice age. Like, I live in a place where all of our lakes are created by a gigantic glacier that yeah. ripped through here. Like everything was frozen and now it's not. Yeah. So change happens, you know, it's, it's just right. geological climate adjustment and change. And, and is that not what's going on? That seems to a lot of people like a more plausible answer, frankly. They, right. just a lot but, of people but, it seems,
2: but it seems to me that, that, I mean, nobody is doubting, nobody, not even Republicans, are doubting that we are absolutely dumping CO2 into the atmosphere. I mean, is anybody arguing that we're not doing that? I mean, obviously, we are doing that and have been doing it for 100 years.
1: I was going to check with Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Robert, <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz. CO2 I,
0: actually doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, uh, but, but you're, you're you know probably I mean? I mean, generally I mean, right. Yeah.
2: I mean – we're doing this there's it's it's obvious that we are in fact doing this and not only that but that we've never done it in human history before at this level never have we dumped so much co2 into the atmosphere so quickly why is it so unbelievable that we're causing it yeah i don't understand i don't understand why why that should be are they experts and they know that that the amount of co2 that we're putting into the atmosphere should not have this effect they really I, i don't know i just don't get it
0: I don't get it. And I don't get like okay, what if it's not affecting the climate? It's still poisoning our planet in a million other ways. Like why? Why would that. we not care about poisoning our own air and water supply? Like
2: and not only that, but there's so many other ways that we can power ourselves and so many jobs that we could we could have mm-hmm. moving in that direction. It's 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 just, it's just status quo. It's
1: just, you know. I, okay, so I, I don't believe it, but I get it. Why people would say this? You fly in an airplane over this planet. You, you ride your bicycle from coast to coast. You take a car trip. You, <laughs> you. I don't know. You look at a drone footage. You look at a, a heat map. People are a teeny part of the landscape of this planet. It is huge and mostly empty. So mm-hmm. and I can see people saying, look, 77 billion people is a lot, but spread out over the globe, even though they're concentrated for sure in, you know, a select number of pockets that of the on the on the landmass, but even there it's really concentrated, just not just not big enough, right? I can I don't agree with this but I can see this logic and how people go there where they're like there's just no way in uh, the complexity it. of all of this that our cars or factories or farting cows with methane and <laughs> beef production can produce enough of this I think It's a scale question in some people's minds and they, and they think, and then then there's a subset of these people, which might be even more than a subset. It might be the majority, which is human beings are under the divine control of God. And therefore God's not going to let that happen. There's that crowd, but I know there's others that are just like, seriously, like, uh, so, so that's what I think drives a lot of this for, for people separate from I I, I want to drive my vehicle that I have or whatever, whatever, whatever. That's a logical fallacy
2: known as proof by incredulity. (laughs) It's like, I can't possibly imagine how that could be. Therefore it's not.
1: Well, that's how I feel about light waves. Yeah, that's totally (laughs) 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 like, like there's no way it's just a trick. You guys are just tricking me. It's also
2: a a problem that people think linearly when this is a clearly nonlinear effect.
1: Well, okay. So say more about that concept again. It's the, Title it again. It's the proof. Proof by incredulity. Proof by incredulity. That is a great, yeah, concept. You know. Okay. And, it, and, and you see, it and you see it in religious circles
2: too. And it's it's like you know, God must exist because I can't imagine how all this could could be without <laughs> yeah. God. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I believe in God, but and. But the, as as a matter of logic, that's that's a logical fallacy to say that just because I can't understand it, yeah. and I can't wrap my head around it, it can't be true.
1: All right. So I know, uh, you know, we're going a little longer because you cause, you know you're a a professor and school is school is out for the summer. Is it out? School. Yeah. School. Still uh, oh, got summer.
2: We got finals <laughs> happening and all that. The classes are over. I don't stand in front of people and talk about science. Great. For, for, so, you know, so, so we August. have a
1: couple minutes. Okay. So, can, can we play with this proof uh, by incredulity thing sure. for a minute? I think that is functional. What goes on for a whole lot of people and how they think about the world is that mm-hmm. you know I have a concept of the world, how I think it is, and these things don't fit. So therefore, I'm going to make this conclusion. Right, instead
2: instead of accepting the world as it is, you, you, you stay with your...
1: But isn't that also what we've just gotten done describing as what scientists do? There's just a set of things that we don't know how to make any sense of them, but we just know they're true, and so we're going to continue to experiment and to test and to hypothesize and come up with an answer. What's the difference between... Proof by incredulity, I just can't imagine that it's not, couldn't be that way. And someone who says, I just, there's something about this equation we have. Maybe there's another way to work this. Cause that just doesn't seem like it's the only way somewhere. Right. There's a, an important difference there. But Yeah.
2: I think the difference is in the word. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's another thing here. Maybe there's something here worth investigating. Maybe, maybe we're, hmm you know you know what i'm saying i mean i i think that even the scientists who are proposing these things uh are are aware of the speculative nature of what they're doing i see and and what they can lean on is to say look in the history of science you know 99 times out of 100 speculative ideas get thrown in the trash can but one time out of 100 they don't and so we're 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 going to see if this is one of the 99 or one of the one of the one yeah right and so I, that that that's that's how I that's how I see it, and and the, and the perfect idea that this is there's a big maybe attached to that headline. Yeah. Whereas people who reject, I mean, you're not going to find that kind of subtlety of thought in people who outward flatly reject the idea that we are uh, responsible for climate change. In general, you will not find that kind of
1: yeah. openness. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was just saying that. Yeah, I think it's true with climate change. I think just overall the concept of proof by incredulity. Feels like that. I mean, that I think that's just the operating system for a lot of us, right? The <laughs> for just yeah. a lot of life. There, there was some uh, some study done about like how depressed people uh, or people that struggle with you know like existential questions are actually the ones who are the realists. And the rest of us are just diverting ourselves with, you know, hour and nine-minute-long conversations about science, and you know, like we're just skipping along happily. And these people are like, "Look at this! You're going to no. die! Like <laughs> you won't even." And you're like, "I can't even imagine that I live that I couldn't live. I've never. How can I even imagine I'm not alive? I've only ever imagined when I've been alive. Like so, so." I mean, I agree with you. I just think that proof by incredulity is the operating system for people. This has been very helpful because I think this is what any of us who go through a change in some thinking or belief or like, boy, I used to think this way, now I think this way. It really is having to confront that, right? That we believe what we believe because we can't imagine a world that's another way. Right,
2: right. Mm -hmm. And so we build up these mental models of what the world is like and operate accordingly but every now and again the world has a way of, of poking its finger in and saying no that's not actually correct yeah it seems like a, and, so, and so the question is do you harden your walls and and, and hunker down yeah. or do you sort of open the door a little bit and say well what is correct hope mm-hmm. well, to god i'm on the i'm the <laughs> i'm the second kind
0: yeah we've had to break through those walls for generations from you know yeah. the earth is flat to now it's not to you know germs exist
2: you know yeah, the, yeah. Terms. These were like all the, things
0: that people could not conceive, like it was laughed out of the room when these ideas were brought, right.
2: brought forward. T- taking it back to the earlier conversation, the one you had yesterday about abortion, uh, you know, these constitutional absolutists who sort of look at the uh, the lines of the page on the Constitution and say, well, abortion's not in here. Yeah,
1: you know, can't uh, conceive right to right,
2: right right right, right <laughs> privacy's not in here. So, you know, and, and
1: they just can't, you know, yeah, yeah and they are literally yeah. Supreme Court justices that are. They are. You, know, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you would think law school and maybe being a judge for a while would have would have uh, corrected that, but it, instead it went it it went the other way. I just think this notion that look we can't we live by this proof by incredulity. I can't imagine a world otherwise, and I just don't have the energy to test all of it. You know,
2: it, well that that is true too. That I mean, is really things are up for grabs in a way now that they have not been historically. I mean, you know, I mean, because, you know, typically we were growing up in smaller towns with, you know, say a Christian, a Christian city in Europe, you know, with everything sort of more or less set. Um, but now, I mean, what I mean is it used to be the, that, that, that your identity was kind of set when you were born and you sort of just fit into that for, for your whole life. Right. I don't want to oversimplify it, but now it's like we have all these choices. We have an unprecedented number of choices to make, and it just feels overwhelming. And It's like, damn it, I just want somebody to tell me what to do.
1: Yeah, I just hmm. don't want to have and to – Think yeah, about how light waves work. Like it's just exhausting to have to figure out the <laughs> battery frequency of light waves. They just, just turn it on and make it more yellow, make it more orange, make it more red, make it more white. I don't want to have to figure it out, but I do think See, most people, most people are happy with
2: that, but Doug, you're not. And that's why you have a That's why you have a yeah, science,
1: a science, a science segment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think this, this is fundamentally the question. And, and look, Oftentimes religious people get a uh, a bad rap because they've earned it right very, very often the bad rap that we as religious people um are, are accused of is you know just just the paycheck from the work that we've done we, we well earned yeah um but religion also has a way to poke at people's bias toward things that just couldn't be another way, right? They ask another set of questions and they Absolutely. and they work around. And for a lot of people, that's been very helpful to them. So they end up with a whole package of ideas that also came along with that, with the other things that just seem like they couldn't be another, another way, right? There's no yeah. way we could not have a world in which fill in the blank um, until yeah. you're confronted with it, you know? And right. that's really the that's the human experience of maturity, right? That like death is the ultimate one. This is where the, you know, the philosophical existentialists come kicking in and they're like, the one thing you can't conceive of is that you're not alive. Like there, so some people create a whole narrative about that that will never happen right Right. no that big
2: blank spot
1: you're never going to not be alive whether you're this american spiritualist or you have a a life after death religious heaven hell narrative or you have a consciousness narrative or you have a uh ancestors narrative like some way you're going to work around it and you know the people who are like no, you're going to stop having consciousness and therefore you're going to stop existing and there's going to be no you that sort of carries on and you can't possibly conceive that any more than you can conceive that you didn't previously exist. But you can't do that. So, you know, let's go get a coffee and, you know, maybe go to a yeah. movie tonight and, and sort of yeah. enjoy the sunshine and... Yeah. Th- they're, they they push on that on that kind of stuff, right? Um, right. And you can't just right. yeah. investigate everything. It just feels totally exhausting, you know. It's exhausting. I mean, you probably get this when you're teaching some kid about physics, and you're like, "So that chair you're sitting on, you do know it's not solid, right? It's just vib- yeah. It's just particles vibrating, and you're going to sit on it, and you're going to live your and life basically I- sitting on things and not not questioning yeah. it every single time, you know, if the yeah. laws of physics are going to hold." On this particular yeah, Some chair. people can,
2: can get, get through life without wondering about that stuff. I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. But some yeah. people and many, many very healthy minded people can get through their lives without ever wondering about things like that.
1: Yeah. Barbara <laughs> but, Ashley puts up a great, a great little comment in here. And by the way, thanks Jim and Diane and, and uh, uh, all the, all the comments, uh, Barbara and Ruth, all the, Peggy, all the comments. But uh, Dan, can you throw Barbara Ashley's, you, you can say the same thing with aging, she says, you go through life mostly not even noticing that you have a body until you reach a point when your body through pain starts talking to you and you start to realize it's the, that it's the ending of you. And, you know, like, like that's, that's, that's a very real, this is a very real, real thing. So I think, you know, as we take on people who are like, seriously, can that possibly be how it goes? I'm sort of, wow. I'm mentally mentally waxing about valuing the proof by incredulity narrative and like (laughs) letting people realize that that's a thing we all do. Yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes, like you say, just to get to the day. Yeah, yeah, just just
2: because it's too exhausting to do otherwise.
1: Yeah, like, like Mm -hmm. what you know, sometimes a, a parent. Uh, it's important that they do a paternity test to see if about the 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 physical connection biological connection between a, an adult and a child to see if it's their child or not. but most of us haven't don't have paternity tests. You know someone could come to a kid and say like, "How do you know you're your dad's how do you know that's your dad? Have you ever tested it?" No, I mean, who's, who does that, you know? Right. You, got, you got to take a lot of things on faith.
2: And I, and, I, and I tell my students this, it's perfectly fine. I ask them the question, how do you know the earth goes around the sun? <laughs> they had no evidence whatsoever. None. <laughs> Zero. None. Someone told them. No arguments. No, no, no evidence of their senses. Nothing. It's because somebody they trusted told them it was true. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. But you can't. But you can't treat everything
1: like that. that that's it. See, that's a, that. Boy, hour seventeen minutes in. Uh, it's yeah, like, we. Uh,
0: that's, Snoopy has to pee. Snoopy so has to pee,
1: which is our code word for some of us. You know, we we've stopped this now. But I think I, the, the I think the, I think the act of maturity for any of us as human beings is getting to the point where we can differentiate the things that we're like, okay, this is just going to exist in the area because I'm just taking it. It's just. I just mm-hmm. believe the people who tell me and look, I'm right, not, a and, a, and you I'm not to. a Sherpa because I believe that. Right. I'm not a sheep right. person because, right. because we all, and then you reach a point point in some things where you're like, okay, hold on a minute. Let's, and all of us have that. We, we have our own arenas in which we operate. Right. Um, is the earth, is the cosmos still expanding? Is it going to expand for a long period of time? We all assumed it's going to be billions or trillions of years. And someone's like, I'm going to actually pause on that one and take 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 another look. Um, and this is where your mentor uh, uh, of writing behind you, Phyllis Tickle, um, said something to me one time that I thought was really interesting. She said, "You know, anytime you're living in a time of these of significant change, of which we are globally now, and there's a lot of these periods of change, the question of authority is the foundational question. To whom do we listen, and on what topics?" and we're in a crisis of authority and if anything tells us about the american experience of where we are now and i think a lot of the globe feels this way it's just who who do we listen to as an authority that is not as simple of a question as you might think no. it is actually a very sophisticated like how do you form yeah. a web of belief that's going to operate mm-hmm. in your in your life and your world that's that's fundamentally what it is well yeah so Paul, glad to have you as a spider in our web of belief uh, on this. <laughs> Boy, this this could be our Here. longest live stream yet, Dan. Is that is that possible?
0: Oh, no. I think we went a solid hour and 40 on some MMT stuff once.
1: Oh, man. So we got Hey, you know what'll bend your mind? Is <laughs> MMT is Modern well, Monetary M-M-T. Theory, and don't use modern in too modern of a phrase. Uh, it's recent monetary theory. And it- part of its argument, here we go, part of yeah, its argument is, uh, <laughs> is uh, we gotta get back into that. That's our other Friday conversation is, is economics. But among its important notions is that that the United States federal currency, like a lot of other currencies, is a fiat currency, meaning it only exists because the United States government makes it exist. It's not based right. on anything else. And right. therefore, in modern monetary theory, The federal government doesn't take in any money. The federal government Mm -hmm. only produces money and removes money from the economy. So it's only a maker and a remover. It's never a recipient. So when you write your tax or you use, you know, like I did. You know, TurboTax. Uh, turbo oh, I tax did. Oh, I did. turbo tax and it says you owe, you know, six thousand dollars to the federal government and then you process that for the direct deposit from your bank account to the federal government. It doesn't go into a federal bank account. It just leaves uh, your oh. bank account. It's just
2: added to this is gone
1: just, it's just reduced because the federal government doesn't take in money. It's not federal government isn't part of the cycle. State government, local governments, businesses we all are the federal government produces the currency so
2: and they take it back they don't don't actually hold it they don't have they don't hold it it's not like they've got a big building somewhere with all the money in it
1: they remove it from the economy it's a little nuance of language they remove it from the economy okay and they also pump it into the economy and they pump it in so when someone says how are we going to pay for it well, the federal government pays for everything the way the federal government pays for anything. They produce the money. That's how they pay for it. The federal government does. So all new spending just is new money's created. When we tax, we take it out. Well, why do we tax, modern monetary theory says? Because you don't want too much money in the economy. That causes, here's the word, inflation. Inflation. So it infl- puts too much money and then it devalues things and makes prices go up. So Dan's not literally going to go take care of Snoopy. So you, you, you're taking money out of the economy so you keep a, a right amount of money in the economy. So when, when we say we're going to send $300 million to Ukraine, where's the federal government get that money? They don't have a bank account with $300 million sitting in it like you, know, you or I would say, well, I only have so much money in my bank account. They just make it. And then they decide, are they going to take money out or not? And the difference between the amount of money that's gone into the economy, total from the foundation of the federal government uh, treasury, that total amount, and the amount of money that's been taken out, the difference there is what we call the deficit. Oh. So the deficit is not a debt. The deficit is the difference between the amount of money that the federal government has put in and the amount of money the federal government has taken out. So okay. if there was zero deficit, there wouldn't be any money, right? So, so there's a great book about this, or you can watch our YouTube videos, which are even better and much more entertaining, uh, a woman <laughs> named Stephanie Kelton called The Deficit Myth. And these are not people that are like coming up with like just theories. Modern monetary theory is not like so, well, imagine if it was this way. It's a description of how things actually how it actually is. actually. Okay,
2: so, are. so when when on those odd years, those weird years when the government owes me money and I've overpaid my tax, they just write a piece of paper with a number on it, and it just so happens that my bank recognizes that as money. Yeah, that doesn't actually come out of an account somewhere.
1: No. They, it, comes from right. the U, it comes from the oh. United States Treasury, and the United right, right, States but, Treasury but does not have a bank account.
2: So my bank just sees that check and says, "Okay, we'll increase this number on your yep. in, in, in your account by this same number." So and, remember, then you can, and, and, then, and then you can make that real by withdrawing it or by spending it.
1: Yes, they've 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 put it into the economy by putting it into your bank account. And the federal government see, does this through the banking system. They, they, dis, they say to banks, there's a system between the federal treasury and a consumer, and that system is the banking system. So they give rights to the bank to make money on their behalf.
2: You know, when I learned things like this, because I've never really thought, I don't, haven't really thought about this. This is, this is not what you just told me is fascinating and not evident, not self-evident at all it gives me the same feeling that they must have had back when Copernicus said, no, actually the earth is moving under your feet.
1: It's exactly what we talk about. <laughs> you know, it's a Copernican revolution. Like,
2: whoa, I was like, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa.
2: It's like, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting into my, and you're poking into my little uh, concept world here that yeah, I live Proof at, of incredulity. And, you know, yeah. yeah. Like moving the earth is it's like, you're pulling the earth out, the, the rug out from under
1: me. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, and it has so many implications about, first of all, it just explains how the economy works. Like you say to yourself, how does our economy grow?
2: That's like, exactly what I've always wondered. What, it's like, it's like, what, what does it mean that we that we owe China so much money?
1: Yeah, and we don't owe so. So, so here is the yeah thing. we got, <laughs> we, we, this we, don't, we don't owe China any money. China has said, hey, we're willing to take some of the money that we have out of circulation for a period of time so that it doesn't overheat the system. So imagine there's a big pot of boiling water. It's starting to overflow and you take a a cup and you scoop out a little bit and set it aside so it doesn't overflow. So you take Mm -hmm. it out in bonds. We take it out in debt that's owed. And then you're going to put it back in. That's all it's doing. You don't owe someone any, any money. The, the US could just say, okay, all that money, well, let's just put it all back in the economy, pay it all. Pay off the deficit, put it all back in the economy. And all of a sudden there'd be so much money in the economy, our system can't deal with it because we're putting new money in all the time because oh. we're building roads and we're doing all these things. This is why Manchin mm, says, if we <laughs> do this big infrastructure spending bill all this money goes in, that's too much money gonna heat up the economy in the metaphor. Uh, it's gonna raise the Calvins and it's going to overflow with too much money and cause inflation or current inflation. Yeah. Uh, some people are saying it's because too much government spending went in. This is a technical point, but it's actually because there's not enough money being spent because of supply chain issues. So in other words, it's scarcity, mm-hmm. not abundance that's causing this current inflation. bit. Oh, I'm telling so, you, there's some videos you could watch here, uh, ours or others, with uh, a number of these guys, economists. Guys do, it is well, so one good. More yes. question. Yeah, all day long, uh, right uh, down uh, all so, day long. Uh, so, so when
2: when you know, I read on Twitter these people complaining about canceling student debt and saying, "Who's going yeah. to pay for it?" Nobody's going to pay for it. Nobody's going to pay for anything. Right? right. So all that means is that, is that people are not are, are not having six hundred dollars a month sucked out of you know reduced out of their Accounts. That's
1: all it means. That's all it means. When not now, because federally backed student loans are owned by the federal government, when you pay right. your student loan, what they're doing is just removing the money from your bank account and taking it out of the economy. Okay. When they give you a tax it, cut right. and they say you keep your money, we're saying we're not going to take that money out of the economy. So when Democrats say the government create increase the deficit. By this tax break to the wealthy, what they're saying is the government is not taking money out of the economy, so therefore the deficit went up because the deficit is this number between how much is in the economy total and how much has ever been taken out, so tax breaks always increase. The 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 deficit, unless other monies come out. So if you spend your money and then right. pay a federal sales tax, then it comes out some other way. But come comes out doesn't mean it goes into. And this, I'm telling you, the number of people who we've been in these conversations with, and I talked to you about this stuff, who are like, I don't. Are you? What do you mean the government just makes the money go away? Because they think about the closed loop system. Right.
2: They a, think of money being an actual thing.
1: They can't
2: be. They can't be created or destroyed.
1: And 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 economists use this funky little language in two thousand eight. The way they solved the then financial crisis, meaning that all these like banks were collapsing, and banks were the apparatus that was moving money through the system, and so there wasn't going to be enough money. And all of a sudden, the you know people didn't know how to get money because the financial collapse. The answer to it is this phrase that is true, accurate, but people don't know what it means, and it's called quantitative easing. Maybe you've heard that phrase. Like we're going to solve this by quantitative easing. And when you break down the word, it's pretty simple. We're going to have, we're going to ease the amount of money that's in the economy. The quantity of money, we're going to ease the pressure. In other words, make more. We're going to put more money into the economy as quantitative easing. So they just went into a computer and did a stroke and put in a hundred billion dollars into the economy and just changed the number. And then said, "There's enough money." <laughs> so that's how the federal government, the U.S. or Canada's federal government, any government that has its own currency right, does China, this. This whatever. isn't unique to the United States; it's
2: right, just the right, United. I get it, yeah.
1: So it is such a mind-opening thing about the federal government, and changes all these political arguments. So now you should have an argument about: should we be taking money out of the economy, or should we leave money in the economy? That, that's the that's question. That's all we're really asking. Yeah, That's the question. And, and then who, uh, whose money should we take out and whose money should we leave in? So that's the f- much, fundamental yeah. question of, should we even have taxes? Which I thought as a progressive person, you, that was an off-limits off question. Of course you should have right. taxes. I mean, our current, taxes. our current president, when he was not the president, even said things like, paying taxes is your patriotic duty. Like, no, it's not, because you're not paying for stuff. And by the way, as much as I hate war and want our military budget to be slashed, I'm not paying for it. You're not paying for it. You don't pay for anything at the federal government. The federal government pays for it. Now, you could make an argument because the federal government's putting a billion dollars in. They want to take a billion dollars out, and they're going to take it out. So if they didn't put that billion dollars in, but whether they put it into the military budget or school budgets or state budgets or sent it to counties as yeah, checks yeah. or sent it to each of us to spend on really cool needle lights that have red light waves, any mm. of that would be st- them still spending. So it, it just changes our relate our, our relationships with this. Anyway, this is why we spend an hour and forty minutes talking about these things. You uh, <laughs> can see why. It's I, just modern monetary theory. I'm going to MMT. Uh, we 've got some great we, we have a we have a, a guy um, who's a professor at um, a, a university in Ohio uh, uh, Fidel Kab- kaboob who's on and he's he's the real MMT pro and he's often he's our Paul Wallace on the many of the I other weeks you. that you're not on we're like talking to an economist about like okay, and, and we actually, Dan, you remember this like a year and a half ago when this all started? It was just like, okay, hang on a minute. Now, now what? Like, just <laughs> yeah. baby stepping until now, you know, I'm an MMT. He's like, it's like, it's
2: like, you can't, you can't
1: remember you can't pull the curtain back too quickly. You kind of, kind of got to do yeah. go it. Step by step and metaphor <laughs> by metaphor. Uh, and uh, the audio version nope. of Stephanie Kelton's book is really pretty great. And we've run her some of her presentations here on the podcast. And so it's called The Deficit Myth. And uh, the first five chapters, which aren't all that long of chapters, and they're not economy economist lingo okay. at all, is extremely helpful. And she actually mm-hmm. worked in the Senate as a staffer. And so she answers the question like, why do people not know this? She's like, I was, I've been there. I, we've tried to tell people and people in the federal government Some get it, some don't, but none of them tell you this. (laughs) And she has all these clips about Barack Obama. In fact, this crowd really thinks Obama did a disservice to people understanding what happens at the federal level because he would say stuff like, we can't afford it. We're broke. It's kitchen table issues. It's like, you sit down at your kitchen table and you decide how much money you can spend. And if you don't have the money, you don't
2: buy it. I've I've never really believed that. I never knew why I didn't believe it, but I always felt like- but isn't it different when you're the federal government <laughs> than yeah. when it's me making paychecks every month, you know, with mm-hmm. this clearly limited uh, resource? Um, yeah. I've always thought that was, um, uh, mm-hmm. you
1: know, it's, and, but, uh, and, then, and then it raises the whole question of, uh, <laughs> well, raises the question of when we're going to stop. Are we ever going to stop? <laughs> why, <laughs> why can you imagine anybody's still listening? Why, <laughs> um, why is there currency at all? And the big question, the answer to that question for most people is because it made it easier to move from a barter system to a currency system. It was too complicated uh, yeah. for me to trade my yeah. shoes for your grain right. and I don't right. need as much. Right. It just made it
2: easier. It's a, it's a go between.
1: And they're like, nope, that never happened once. That's never how it's developed. That's not why we have currency. So why do we have currencies? At all? Why do government
2: no, you mean you mean you mean cash? You mean
1: why why did the federal government, what why does any government create a currency? What's the function no. of a currency in our society? Why not just barter or something? It's not because of ease. Is An answer control? on the next edition of <laughs> uh, oh, no, 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 hangover. It? It's 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 to motivate control, be- yeah. it's to motivate behavior. It's to control. Mm-hmm. Control or, yes, uh, or uh, or motivate. Influence. Influence, control. <laughs> um, get people to do certain things as opposed to other things. Yeah. That's why. So people that want, and cryptocurrency.
2: Carrot stick thing.
1: Is, an ad, is a movement toward having a driver, a currency driver that is not, doesn't have the, intention that a federal, that any federal government's currency has behind it. It's one of the big things they were pushing for. I think crypto's a, a scam, but um it's it's more like gift cards. You want to go another it's, hour it's and a half on cryptocurrency. <laughs> um so anyway, it's uh it, it is it just starts answering like like any good realization it doesn't always teach you only teach you something new. It resolves a conflict that you had that you were just comfortable living with long enough. And you're like, Holy, that's That's what that is. Well, that explains it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Like that's, that's great. That's uh, great
2: discovery. yeah. Yeah. That is a great, that's yeah. Happens in science. Crypto is a scam. No, no, no. I'm
1: with you. I'm with you. Uh, for, but for lots of reasons that, uh, even which we're going to do a whole whole thing on on cryptocurrency. Dan, should we do that next Friday on the economy, on, on our economy podcast? Let's do it. Let's Love let's it. Book it now. We'll talk. Uh, um, Republicans said deficits don't matter when asking for tax cuts. Yeah. Okay. So I could go on and on about it. like uh. I disagree with the Republicans a thousand times over on nearly all things, especially economics. Um, but they have a consistent thought about this because their idea is we won't take the money out through federal income tax. We will take the money out through user tax. That's their argument. They're wrong. It's bad. It's redistributed economy, all this, but it makes sense. The, the most devastating arguments are the ones that actually have a consistency to them but are wrong as opposed to the ones that really don't make any sense. Uh, and so yeah. they're, they're, Republicans' arguments are more dangerous because they have a consistency logic to them and they're fundamentally but, misguided. Um, but the, the,
2: the fundamental... Um thing that lies beneath them all, that bird draws them all together is, is mistaken, but they have the appearance of, of strength because they are self, they're consistent between each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The because the argument yeah. works, it's just, no, yeah. that's not what people are going to do. And that's not what we want people to do. And it didn't actually turn out. It could have turned out that way. So it didn't, it didn't like not make sense and could have never worked. Right. It could have worked, right. but we know that by human behavior, it's not going to work because wealthy people are not actually going to spend all their money because they have too much to spend.
2: Right. They, could, they can not
1: do it. <laughs> and everywhere they spend it, they also don't get taxed on it. So it never comes out. So it pools the money. Right. It's like there's, right. it's like there's too much water in your backyard isn't actually true, there's too much water in certain places in your backyard. If you let the water go down deeper, if you let it be over on this other side of this tree, if you spread it all out, it's the pooling that's the problem. Our problem in our economy when we talk about an unfair economic system is it's pooling up. Some places are super dry, some places are flooded, and that's what's happening with our money. So the wealthy have too much, and the not wealthy don't have enough and that creates an imbalance
2: there's a, there's a small number of very deep puddles and the rest of it's dry
1: yeah yeah anyway Yep. Yeah. well that was fun we're, we're almost at an hour we're almost at an hour 40 minutes i mean we could set a wow. record we could set a record here if we were uh, if we were so inclined uh, Bet you're regretting that take that mute button off now aren't you cats remember that an hour (laughs) an hour and a half ago when i couldn't get my mute button to work (laughs) well anyway if anybody's interested in uh, a conversation about about about, that's right about mmt uh, uh there's lots of things on our youtube channel and if you're watching this anywhere other than on youtube uh come june this all of this is going to be at youtube only, not on Facebook and the other places. So we'd love you to go right now over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, and just start watching playlists over and over. We need to get to a certain number of watched hours in order for some magical algorithm things to be opened up to us. And we're very close and we need some help. So uh, we'd like it to happen by June for a whole lot of uh, reasons. So if you could do that, uh, go to our YouTube channel, Vote Common Good, start a playlist just turn your computer on and let it run with them you know with the volume turned down <laughs> just run hours and hours of come a good playlist all right uh is that enough should we talk about anything else <laughs> no. i think i'm done i gotta get out of here. exhausted i just want to go home and i am home that's horrible all right there we go go, go, go to red all right all right Bye. bye everybody see you guys